Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is the Craig Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. That could make a Wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's our number two of the Great Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we've got a modest college basketball Friday to take a look at, and we're going to be doing that here in this segment, giving you guys my DK Nation pick. We had a chance with the Purdue under against Michigan, but we decided that apparently we were going to instead get the spread on that one because things got completely harebrained towards the end of that game. Hunter Dickinson makes a three with about 30 seconds left, to which Michigan was not fouling down nine points. Had Purdue been able to force a miss, would have been able to get there. And sometimes that is just the differences between wins and losses in sports betting. We're going to be looking to get up off the mat today, and we always get up off the mat Thanks to all the good people behind the scenes that do amazing work on this show. Because the show might say the Greg Peterson experience, but it really does take a team to be able to make this dream work. And my wonderful producer, Jason, does a great job booking all these guests. We had a pair of great guests in Joe Fan and Patrick Everson in our number one. And Mackenzie Kramer, who does terrific work over at ESPN in their stats and information department, along with their show, The Daily Wager. He's going to be joining me in 15 minutes to take a look at these NFL championship games in the NFC and the AFC. So good on Jason. He always does an amazing job booking all these guests. If you're catching the podcast form of this show, visa.com slash podcast, the best bets feed, which you're able to get just wherever you podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on. It is our good friend, Sean, that posts all that up. 
if you're hearing us now on Sports Map Radio, which that is new this year, we are now on Sports Map Radio, and it is great to be aboard with them. Good people over there, and it is Taylor that has got you all set up as our audio engineer. And if you're watching on YouTube TV, Visa.com, list goes on and on. Seeing all the great graphics on screen, it is our good friend Nick that does a great job with that. So all these guys, they do amazing work. Now let's try to do some amazing work on the college basketball board. Take a look at the games that we've got for this Friday. And the one that we're going to be writing up for DK Nation, this is going to be the MAC. We've got Friday MAC in 887-888. The one with 1A, by the way, because they pronounce MAC and MAC the same because you've got one with 1A, one with 2As. I always think that you should be calling it the MAAC, personally. It's just me, though, but... This is the, in my opinion, true Mac with Kent State playing us at Buffalo. Buffalo opened up as an 11-point underdog. Now they're between a 10 to a 10 and a half point underdog with your total in between 151 and 152. We've seen this come up just slightly. This was at 149 and a half when I started out this show, and all the better for me because my write-up is going to be on the under. I set my total more around a 146 or a 147, and when it comes to this Kent State team, they just absolutely lock you down on defense. They're coming off of a rough one against Northern Illinois, where Northern Illinois went 13 of 28 from three. I was watching that game, and defense was a little bit lax, but at the same time, Northern Illinois was hitting shots that they typically do not hit. Sometimes you just have those nights. It is the lone time this year that Kent State has given up north of 74 points, and for that matter, Kent State a top 25 team in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis despite that performance. And the biggest reason why is because they generate turnovers. With Kent State, number 12 in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers forced on a per possession basis. And that's a big reason why out in a Mac where you've got a lot of up-tempo teams, you just take a look at it. You've got teams like the team that they're going to be playing in this game. Buffalo, Toledo, Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio. You're able to go down the list of teams that rank in the top 75 in terms of total possessions per game. They've been able to keep their middle tempo. They're 149th out of 363 D1 teams in terms of total possessions per game. Now playing super fast, now playing super slow. And the biggest headline guy in terms of this defense, though sincere carry gets all the love on offense, how about Malik Jacobs? He is second among qualifying D1 players in terms of steals per game at a 2.9. And then you've got the Buffalo Bulls team that I just mentioned it. They play up-tempo, and if you're wondering how up-tempo they play, they're in the top five in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. This is a bad matchup for them, though, because with Buffalo, they are 265th in college basketball in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis, turning it over right around 14.8, 14.9 times, per game, and it's not as if this is a great three-point shooting team. They barely shoot above 32% from distance, 244th in the country with that regard, 199th in terms of offensive efficiency, merely the amount of points scored on a per-possession basis, and it's a Buffalo team that has faced off with three other top 75 defenses in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. Here's how it's won against James Madison, UConn, and Drake. They scored 62, 64, and 72 points, respectively. So they're averaging against these top defenses right around doing the mental math in my head, about 66 to 67 points per game. I do think that 
Kent State is going to do a good job of putting the clamps down on a Buffalo team that their defense has improved. They've played an overtime game recently, but in terms of their last four games that have ended in regulation. So you take overtime out of the equation in terms of that one. 71 points or fewer given up in three of them. So I do think that you're going to get a little bit of a lower scoring game in this one. I do think the Kent State going to be able to control things with their backcourt. I did set Kent State as an 11-point favorite. So now that we're down to 10 in a lot of spots, I'm going to lay the 10 with Kent State and my write-up. That is on the under. Set my total more around a 146. So being able to get north of 150, I think you got some solid value there. I think there's some solid value with regards to this under as well. 881, 882. It is Cleveland State and the Vikings playoffs to Purdue-Fort Wayne. IPFW is between a four and a half and a six point underdog. Most places have this between four and a half and five, where I sit at a, at circa, they are sitting at a six. And your total on this game between 137 and 137 and a half. And let me tell you, I'm going to be taking the six. I set this number at three. These two teams did match up about a few weeks ago or so. And that was a game that Cleveland State went on the road and they got the win by a count of 72 to 60. In that game, it was just. A little bit of a rough ordeal for our good friends in Fort Wayne. They weren't able to buy a bucket. Meanwhile, Cleveland State, they went out there. They were able to bury a whole bunch of threes, which is not characteristic of this Cleveland State team, a team that shoots 30.5% from three now. With Cleveland State, relatively solid defense, and a bunch of that is not going to be getting out of sorts themselves. A team that ranks in the bottom 35 in terms of total possessions per game. You have a Fort Wayne team on the flip side that... They do play a little bit faster. They're more around 100th, 115th or so in terms of total possessions per game. But take a look at this Cleveland State squad and maybe able to do a good job of being able to defend all season long. 122nd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. And interestingly enough, they're actually giving up about a point more per 100 possessions at home rather than on the road. Going up against a Fort Wayne team that they only allow a half a point more per 100 possessions on the road rather than at home. So... Fort Wayne team that travels relatively well, really both of these teams have been able to do a solid job when they have been on the road this season. And for Fort Wayne, you've got a very versatile player in Jared Godfrey. He's able to give you 16 points, right around five boards. Started out the year not shooting it well from three. He's up to 33% this season. If you take a look, really since the end of December into early January, last 30 days, he's been shooting north of 40% from three-point range. Got a Cleveland State squad that Tristan Irenura is really the main guy for the team. He's been able to give the team right around 13 points, ships in there, six boards. He's been their main man there. But for Cleveland State, each out of their top three scores, they shoot below 24% from three-point range. So they have not been too terrific on that front. So I do think that this is a good spot for a Fort Wayne team that the way to really beat them is by shooting it from three because you do have Ari Kapati down low. He's able to give you six and a half points, a little bit over eight rebounds per game. He should be able to dominate with that aspect. It is a Cleveland State team that they do a nice job of not turning the ball over, right around ten and a half turnovers per game. Deshaun Parker, point guard for the team, 4.3 assists, fewer than two turnovers per game, has been around the block quite a bit. I do think that you've got yourself a good circumstance where Fort Wayne should be able to hold in this game after they've lost by 12 first time around against Cleveland State. I expect a better effort, but I expect a similar total. First time these two teams played, you had 132 points scored. It's not by total of 133, so I'm thinking it's going to be right on par with that. So taking a look at the points with Cleveland State, and I'm taking a look at this total under. We were taking a look at a pair of unders before. 
Let's take a look at the number one team in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Not necessarily the team that you would expect. It's Youngstown State, and they're in action. 879-880 on the betting board. They play us Oakland. Oakland opened up as a 10.5-point underdog. They've been getting a lot of the betting attention. This is now where I sit at circa a 9 line. I'm seeing a 9.5 out there as well. Total between 153 and 154. And my buy point on this total is 153. At 153 or less, I'm willing to go over. This is a total where on the initial opener of 156, I felt like you had a little bit of value on the under. But this is a total that has been throttled down because Oakland, they've actually been able to play a little bit better on defense recently. 73 points are fear surrendered in 7 out of their last 9 games. Even with that, though, this is still a pretty bad Oakland team in terms of defensive efficiency. It's not like Youngstown State is necessarily the 85 Bears either. They're right around 240th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. It's an Oakland team that is 336th. They're allowing 109.3 points per 100 possessions. You do have an Oakland team that they also do a nice job of valuing the ball. They're only turning the ball over right around 11 times per game. Should see a lot of clean possessions. The Youngstown State team that has a guy in Dwayne Coel that leads the team in scoring at over 16 points per game and is shooting 50% from three-point range. So now that you're down to 153, I think that you've got good value on this over. And with the Youngstown State seeing the nine behind me at Circa, that is my buy point on them. Set them as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Coming up next, we are going to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer. He does amazing work over at ESPN in their sets and information department along the show, The Daily Wager. We're taking a look at the big NFL title games with him next here on the Great Peter City Experience. I'm Visa, the Sports Bay Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving on every single game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so that way you're able to see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but Future events as well as betting splits are another way that VEASAN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits page and the betting splits for every single game now at VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Banking Network. Always great to be joined by this gentleman as Mackenzie Kramer does terrific work over at ESPN in their sets and information department along with the show, The Daily Wager. And Mackenzie, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, as always. I love the Cleveland State-Fort uh, Wayne breakdown just yes. now. Uh, I totally forgot where Tristan Anaruda went to, so it was nice to see him uh, turn up at Cleveland State after his stops at Kansas and Iowa State. Yeah, he was a part of that Iowa State team that was able to make the Sweet 16 last year. He's become their top scorer this year, and for those watching on Visa.com, I see that you've got a Torrey Pine shirt on as well, which <laughs> one of the best golf courses in the world. Always nice whenever we get a tournament or two out there as well, so... That's always fun. Yeah, and a couple futures in play out there this week. I'm hoping for more Kyle or Max Homa to pull it, to pull it out. I know that our good friend Wes Reynolds, who comes on before me on Live Bet tonight, he was talking about Max Homa having a little bit of value as well. So that might be a worth that might be a look that I might need to dive into a little bit more. I personally don't do a ton with golf, especially this time of year. But that said, money is money. It does not matter if you're betting on, oh, I don't know, the AFC Championship game. You can bet on Cleveland State versus Fort Wayne. You can bet on golf. There's a lot of ways to be able to make money, but I know that what is right now the hot-button topic, not just in terms of the NFL, but just really in terms of the betting world, is just what's happening with this AFC title game, the Patrick Mahomes injury, perhaps Joe Burrow being able to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs once again in Arrowhead. So there's a lot of headlines here with 
the Cincinnati Bengals. They're now between a one and one and a half point favorite. And this total has ticked up as well. We're all talking about the side, but it is a total that is now at 48 in a lot of spots. I'm seeing a couple straight 47 and a half, but this moved up with what we saw in terms of Patrick Bones partaking and doing some light jogging the last two days as well. Where do you stand on this game? Because there's no shortage of things to take a look at in angles for this AFC title game. There is so many different angles, like you said, for this game. I've been doing our ESPN NFL Trends column for our ESPN Sports Betting page for about four or five years now. And I don't know if I've ever seen a game that has more interesting trends from that perspective. I know that's not the most predictive thing in the world and really not predictive at all, but I just love looking at them. For example, the Chiefs have been favored in 14 straight playoff games entering this week. That's the longest streak by any team in the Super Bowl era. Uh, Mahomes has been favored in all 12 of his playoff starts, so he's never been a playoff dog. He's only been a home dog once in his career, and that came earlier this year against Buffalo. So it's the second best odds we've ever gotten on Mahomes at Arrowhead. However, the Chiefs, 7-11 against the spread this season, which is the worst against the spread record by any team to reach the conference championship game since 1997. On the other side, you have the Bengals, who have been cashing tickets at the window at a rate that we've rarely seen before. Last 26 games, they're 21 and 5 against the spread. They have the best against the spread record since the start of last season, 27 and 12. The only time they don't cover the spread is when they're big favorites, which, I mean, they were favored a little bit earlier this week, but they're not anymore. Last 20 games, when they're not favored by at least seven points, they are 19 and 1 against the spread, which was a stat that's, that's kind of staggered me when I saw that today looking the, through some of my notes. But this line is so interesting as well, because to me, there's two key factors to this handicap. Number one, have we just been undervaluing the Bengals this entire time? And are we now at the proper value? I just read about how good they've been against the number for so long. And last week, there were six-point dogs in Buffalo. And now, earlier this week, they were favored at Arrowhead. And the other reason why they're favored at Arrowhead, I mean, not anymore, but they were, is because of the Mahomes injury. And how do we value the Mahomes injury? From what I've seen from odds makers, it looks like the Chiefs would have been about a four, four and a half point favorite if Mahomes were 100%. That's about where our ESPN analytics model has it as well. And when this line came out, I was a little bit surprised it came out low. I, I left it alone. And then once it hit two and a half earlier this week, I, I took the Chiefs. I didn't think it was ever going to touch three. I think I touched three at Caesars for about five minutes, but it, it, that never was number was ever never coming back. So two and a half, I liked it. Teased it up to eight and a half. I also took it with the over because, like you said, we finally got some line movement in the over, which I was kind of waiting on because as this line moved toward Kansas City, which you would think would be confidence in Patrick Mahomes' arm, you would think that the total would move with it because that's why the line's moving toward the Chiefs is because of confidence in their offense. But we didn't see that total move at all until today. So a couple of days ago, I thought there was some good value on the Chiefs and the over and teasers and parlays just because I thought they're a little bit correlated. Um, it did seem to come back down to 47 and a half in some books I saw. So maybe there's a little bit of value there. I have a small lean toward the over in this game, but nothing big there. I think that both of these teams are going to try to move the ball through the air. And as for Mahomes, I think he's got a lot of the abilities to maybe gut this game out. You look at what he's been able to do outside the pocket, it's been so good. But inside the pocket, he's been just as good. Inside the pocket this year, he's number one in our total QBR metric. So even when he doesn't run outside the pocket, he's elite. And last week after he got hurt, his adjustment was just, just to get the ball out quickly. He didn't throw a single pass outside the pocket after he got hurt. Averaged about a half second less per throw uh, in terms of time before throwing. So he got the ball out quickly. And even if he needs to hold on to the ball, the Chiefs offensive line has the best pass block win rate we've seen, not just this season, but by any team in the last five years. 
So I think the Chiefs are going to be able to keep Mahomes upright in this game. Yes, I'm a little worried about Joe Burrow, but I've heard, I've heard some of this narrative this week that Burrow and Mahomes are in the same tier of quarterbacks, and I just don't buy that, at least when they're both healthy. I think Mahomes is far and away the best quarterback in the NFL. We see that in all the numbers this year. He was number one in QBR by a wide margin this year, number one EPA per dropback, number one in pretty much any stat that you can look at. Um, whereas Joe Burrow was 11th in QBR, and I have a lot of respect for Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong. He's obviously been really good against the spread, and, and I don't think he's ever lost a game in January. But to me, I think the Chiefs are a better team here. Their defense is a little bit underrated, and I think they're going to have enough to pull this game out. So I bet the Chiefs is a dog. I still think there's a little value at minus one. I think this line should be about two and a half. So that's kind of how I'm looking at this game right now from a spread perspective. And it's such an interesting game to be able to gauge because right now I take a look at the player props as well. And that's something that catches my attention because with Patrick Mahomes, you knew that he was going to find a way to be able to get out there just on the field in general. You knew that he wasn't going to be a complete scratch, but I do have my questions whether or not he's going to actually finish this game because with dealing with an injury like this, sometimes he could be really good for a half or two. It could be a case where you're good until you take a hit or two, things of that nature. And with him having a player prop with his passing yards right around 286 and a half, the only way I can go is under because, I mean, even if he is able to be out there, he's able to be able to finish this game, there's no guarantee that he reaches that prop to start out with. And now you've got the injury concerns thrown in there. That's just a little bit of an added bonus if you do think that the Bengals are able to do a solid job on defense. I mean, when it comes to the player prop market, I'm always kind of contrarian. So I usually like to try to look toward the unders just because, I mean, the way that I've looked at it since I was a little kid was everybody likes the over. I'm going to try to hit the under. It doesn't always work out that way. But this is a, a player prop that you mentioned 286 and a half. This was 271 and a half when it opened, at least at Caesar. So it's moved up about 15 yards in a lot of the different markets. So to me, I kind of agree with you that I would lean toward the under in this game. When it was 271 and a half, it was his third lowest uh, prop in any game this season. Now it's kind of closer to a season average, which is around 292. So I kind of would lean the under. You do get a little bit of a free roll in case he re-injures himself, and maybe they rely a little bit more on the run. Maybe with Mahomes, one angle to maybe look at the completions prop, just because like I mentioned before, his adjustment last week was to try to get the ball out quickly. And if that happens, maybe he can complete a bunch of short passes to Travis Kelsey. Maybe he can catch 14 passes again or Kadarius Tony or Jarek McKinnon, who I know has gotten a lot of steam in the market this week. Um, I was looking at some of his player props, so it was a little bit tough to swallow the minus 150 on the over three and a half receptions on McKinnon, which I was seeing out there, which is a little interesting since he doesn't have a single catch in the last two weeks. But uh, I, I was still kind of like that. I mean, he's been getting more snaps than Isaiah Pacheco. I did make a little bit of a play on the under on Pacheco rushing yards. Uh, that's about 49 and a half, 50 and a half. He's been getting uh, less and less of a snap share in the last couple of weeks. He's been averaging nine carries a game over the last three weeks. Now, he's been going over that total in most games, but I do think that his volume is a little bit lower. And when it comes to the Mahomes injury, I think they trust Jarek McKinnon more as a pass blocker. So I think that McKinnon's going to get more playing time than Pacheco. The Bengals have done a decent job against the run this season. So I kind of like the Pacheco under. But the other thing you mentioned about the first half is that might be another way to look at this game if you like the Chiefs. If you don't know if Mahomes is going to be able to get out the full game, maybe look at the Chiefs in the first half. We've seen Lou Anarumo make a lot of good second-half adjustments. We saw that last year in the conference championship game when the Bengals came back from a, from a big lead. Um, Holmes has, I believe, no touchdowns and two interceptions in the three games against the Bengals in the first and fourth quarter compared to uh, six touchdowns, no interceptions in the first half. So 
Maybe if you're a little worried about those second half adjustments or about the Mahomes injury, maybe target some things in the first half when it comes to Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I do think that there is another angle that you can utilize to be able to bet the AFC title game. I'm going to discuss that with Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN. Does great work over there with the Daily Wager along with the with the ESPN Sets and Information Department. And we'll turn it forward to the NFC next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm Vison, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, well, the VSN experts have got you covered because if you're able to become a VSN Pro subscriber, you'll be able to do so for an introductory offer of just $9.99 and VSN Pro subscribers. They get a daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN shows and guests, tools like betting sports that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every game, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN guides for the biggest games where experts break down best bets, player props, brackets, list goes on and on to be able to give you guys everything that you need to be able to bet on these games. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe today for just $9.99 and become a part of the Sports Bank Network. That is at vsin.com slash subscribe. Back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, being rejoined by Mackenzie Kramer. does great work over at ESPN. And Mackenzie, I was talking about this just before break. I think that there's one other angle to take a look at in terms of the AFC title game. And if you're unsure of what you're going to be able to get out of Patrick Mahomes, then, well... If you know what we're going to be able to get out of Patrick Mahomes, I salute you because I don't think really anyone does at this point. Perhaps taking a look at a live betting angle, being able to see a driver or two from both of these teams because I still do think that the Bengals' offensive line issues are something to note as well, even though they look solid against the Bills. This could be a good way of going about it. Perhaps you get a little bit of diminished value if you take a look after a driver or two, but... At the same time, if you do get that driver to that you're able to take a look at, you now know what you're betting a whole heck of a lot more because it feels like it's very much a guessing game with this one. Oh, it's a pure guessing game in terms of the pregame line. I mean, like like I said before, like this line is probably four, four and a half if Mahomes never gets hurt. So it's like, is is it is injury worth two points? Is it worth one point? Is it worth six points? Nobody really knows. We're all kind of just guessing in terms of what the injury is worth. So if you wait until the game starts, that you'll get a little bit more information in terms of how good does Mahomes look. And like you mentioned with the Bengals offensive line, which looked good last week in the snow against Buffalo, maybe they're not as good against the Chiefs, which have been one of the best pass rush teams all season long, top five in pressure rate according to our metrics. So I think live betting is absolutely a way you can look into this game. And we saw last week with the Mahomes injury in the game he got hurt. Live betting was a massive story in that game if you wanted to wait and try to Bet on bet against the Jag, bet against the Chiefs when Mahomes gets hurt, or bet on the Jags when Chad Henney comes in. Didn't always work depending on what numbers you got, but there's definitely more opportunities in the live betting market if you uh, if you want to wait to see more. No question about it. There's a lot of opportunities there, and in terms of this Eagles versus 49ers game, the opportunity has been relatively the same betting throughout the week. This was a number that opened up with the Eagles being a one and a half point favorite just after the. Games on Sunday concluded. It got bet to two and a half very, very immediately, and it has stayed there. How do you view this game? Because I do think that in terms of line play, both of these lines have been very dominant all season long, but 
now it's going to be sort of a case where both teams are going to be meeting their match. And I think the big difference here is the quarterback play and what you expect out of both Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's funny. You look at the two games, you have one game with the line zigzagging all week where the favorites flipped a couple times. The line seems to move a little bit. One team's within the teaser window, then the other team's in the teaser window. Whereas this line, it hit two and a half on, uh, I believe, Sunday night, Monday morning, and it's stayed flat since then. So, but I think that the way you kind of handicap this game is, is kind of how I'm looking at it. Because to me, the key point in this game is the Eagles have the better quarterback, and I think that they're slightly better in the trenches, and they're at home, and it's under a field goal. So I think there's a little bit of value in the two in the two and a half. Look, it's conference championship week. There's two games. Everybody's looking at at them. These lines are pretty sharp. Most of the games, you're kind of betting your opinion. My opinion on the Chiefs game is that I think that the Mahomes injury is being a little bit under overvalued, and I think there's value on the Chiefs. My opinion on this game is I think the Eagles are just a slightly better team. Our, our, F, our FPI model at ESPN Analytics slightly agrees. We have them favored by about four points in this one just because we have some lingering questions on Brock Purdy just because he's a rookie quarterback, but he's never been an underdog in his career. He's done very well at the, against the spread, 7-0 outright, 6-1 against the spread, but he's never been a dog and definitely never been a road underdog in a playoff game in Philadelphia. That is a really tough environment for a guy like Brock Purdy. In terms of the season metrics, these teams are virtually identical. In fact, our offensive and defensive efficiency rankings on a zero to 100 scale. There's just, they're 0.2 points apart on offense and 0.2 points apart on defense, which is virtually identical and kind of crazy that they're that close. So I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. Both teams have really good skill players, but I think the Eagles guys are healthier as well. We see Debo, McCaffrey, Mitchell all banged up. A lot of the missing practice. They're all probably going to play, but at, are they going to be 100 i'm not totally sure and i think that these guys are going to need to make some plays and break some tackles and Purdy's going to get the ball in their hands george kittle as well and hope that they make plays after the catch the other x factor for this game as well is nick sirianni to me he gets snubbed as a coach of the year finalist i was shocked he wasn't a finalist after he was favored basically from september and through week 17 but the two big questions with him for me and all year he's done them very well is Will he attack down the field? Because that's typically where this 49ers defense has been a little bit vulnerable. Bottom 10 in total QBR and completion percentage on throws at least 20 yards downfield. And the other one is, will he remain ag aggressive? One thing we showed on Daily Wager today was that Sirianni nearly gained about a point per game more than Shanahan based on expected points added based on his fourth down decision. So basically, Sirianni has been very aggressive. He gained his team about 14 points in, um, in, in that metric. So they say almost a point per game, whereas Shanahan was break even, even slightly negative. So I think that Sirianni, we know how good coach Kyle Shanahan is, but I think Nick Sirianni could be just as good. And his in-game decision-making, we've never seen him in this spot, but based on his, what we've seen him in the regular season, I kind of trust him just as much, if not more than Shanahan to make the right in-game decisions in terms of fourth downs and two-point conversions and things like that. So there's just enough things in this game that point to the Eagles where it's under a field goal where I kind of like Philly in this game. And I do think that the player props are a little bit correlated with the teams as well because I do think that if you view the 49ers as having a good shot to be able to win this game outright, taking a look at a lot of rushing props when they do come out on the market because right now I'm only seeing Christian McCaffrey. I know that there's question marks with Samuel and Elijah Mitchell, as you mentioned, and I mean, McCaffrey still has his calf issue as well, so that is worth pointing out, but I know that some books are waiting to post up the Mitchell props along with the Debo Samuel props, but I would say take a look at a lot of overs. If you think the 49ers are able to get it done, 
nice way to take a look at it. Meanwhile, if you like the Eagles, I think they're going to have to do it through the air a little bit more because the strength of the Eagles defense is being able to really shut down the aerial attack. Meanwhile, for the 49ers, their bread and butter has been really shutting down the ground game, and both teams do have their deficiencies a little bit more on the defensive side of things for the Eagles being able to guard the run and vice versa for the 49ers guarding the passing game. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting game from a prop market as well. I mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago about the 49ers defense being vulnerable on deep passes. That could be a way to target some of these Eagles wide receivers. I feel like one prop that I've heard a lot this week is the Miles Sanders under on his rushing yards, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, the 49ers haven't allowed an individual 70-yard rusher in 27 straight games. So Sanders prop in the low 50s. And maybe that's a look at the under. We know how good the 49ers run defense has been this season, though. At the same time, the way I think this game goes, I think the Eagles win this game. So I think the number's a little bit too low for me to, to fire on that one. The Jalen Hurts rushing prop has been pretty interesting to me. I like looking at these quarterback uh, rushing props when we come to the playoffs, just because I think that sometimes during the regular season, some of these quarterbacks don't run as much as they probably could or should just because they don't want to get hurt in the regular season. But with the season on the line, these quarterbacks are willing to run a little bit more. Now, obviously Jalen hurts runs a lot anyway. So he's not exactly the perfect example for that, but I think he showed that he was kind of healthy last week. So 47 and a half, maybe look to be over though. I have to admit, I haven't bet a single player prop on this game. So I'm kind of just going through leans in this game, Brock Purdy, eight and a half rushing yards. Maybe that could be a little bit low as well, but so this is a very interesting game for our prop market. And it's really just a very interesting game in terms of how these two teams are going to attack each other and whether it's going to be through the air or through the ground. I'm not sure if you have any lean on this one, but the one that really did catch my attention with was Kenneth Gainwell over 11 and a half rushing yards. I recognize that this is not going to be a guy that's going to be getting 15 touches or anything like that, but I like what I've seen from him in recent weeks. He had over 100 yards in the divisional round. Heck, you're able to take a look at week 18. He was able to see a few rushes as well. Any sort of lean there? Because it does feel like he's starting to get a little bit more run with this team. I, I was so annoyed when uh, the when uh, one of my best ball teams didn't advance because I had Kenneth Gainwell on it, who was making a real, who was been uh, really well recently. He, he basically doubled his snap total last week compared to what it was in the past. So maybe Gainwell is not a decent, not a bad look at the over there. I gotta say, I haven't really dug too much into Gainwell or really that much of the player props in this game. It's so hard to take these Eagles running backs against the 49ers run defense, but yeah, maybe Gainwell is a look. I mean, his number is obviously a lot lower than Sanders. And with these Eagles running backs, we know how much they like to rotate them. We even saw Boston Scott make a show up, show up for his annual touchdown against the Giants last week. So maybe targeting some of these lesser Eagles backs that kind of take the Niners defense by surprise at lower number, number numbers and maybe break one behind that, that great Eagles offensive line. So maybe that is the way to play this game. I don't mind that Gainwell look. Absolutely, and I've always liked Boston Scott myself. I've always felt like he deserved a little bit more of an opportunity, but we always try to give you an opportunity, Mackenzie, because you do great work over at ESPN. Always appreciate your time. Thank you. As always. Always great to have Mackenzie Kramer aboard. And coming up next, we're going to take a look at a Atlantic 10 game for college basketball here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Football fans with conference championships this weekend, it is that time to check out Bear Rivers because you could win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing our exclusive Bet Rivers Squares this football season. If you place $10 or more qualifying bets, you get a square on the house, and if the numbers on your square match up with the final score of the game, you win restrictions in terms of Qualifying wagers, eligibility bonus, and credit use are available at BetRiversSquares.com along with full terms and conditions. We're back here on the Greg Peters and Experience on Visa, the Sports Banking Network. Always great to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer. It was great to be able to dive into so many different angles that we've got in terms of the NFC and AFC title game with him. And now we got to try to make a little bit of money for Friday because those NFL games, they are going to be big. They are going to be rambunctious, but... We can't make money on them until Sunday, but we can make money in terms of college basketball and make a little bit of money in terms of the NBA as well. But 
really hard to give you guys too much in terms of the NBA. I know that Mitch Moss and Paul Howard, who do a great job with Follow the Money, they were actually talking about this a little bit earlier today, just the fact that they have a little bit of a tough time previewing some of these NBA games as well, because up until like 90 minutes or so before the game, you've got no idea who's playing in a lot of these cases. So I could be like, oh yeah, I like insert your team here, laying six points. And when it goes to the replay, by that time it might've moved to nine. It also might have moved to three because guys get ruled out. A lot of guys are not playing back-to-backs. It is a mess taking a look at the NBA right now. College basketball, much less messy because you know that guys like Zach Eady and company are not going to be out due to load management. And we're not going to be seeing any load management in this game. 883-884 on the betting board. It is the Billikens of St. Louis in the road to face off against Davidson. Davidson is anywhere between a pick to a one and a half point underdog. And your total... Is any between 144 and a half and 145. I take a look at this Davidson team, and I feel like they've been the victims of a little bit of bad luck. I know that our good friend Justin Perry, who joined me on the show yesterday and joined my podcast, Cusco Soups, which you're able to get that wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on. Subscribe to Cusco Soups because I break down every single one of these games every single day. But that said, he was talking about Davidson just having really bad shooting luck in general, a team that is currently shooting 31.5% from three after. Last year, they shot north of 38% from distance. Now, they did lose Hunjun Lee from last season. That's a little bit of a damper for this team, but at the same time, you've got back Sam Menenga, you've got Foster Lawyer, a pair of guys that give you 32 points per game. Lawyer shooting more in the mid-30s this season after he shot well above 40% last season, but still is able to give the team also, along with his north of 16 points per game, four and a half boards, four and a half assists, generates a steal per game. And Meninga is a six foot nine gobble player that is able to chip in there right around six and a half, seven rebounds per game. Shoots it well from three point range at right around 38%. And on the flip side for St. Louis, this has been a defense that has just left a whole heck of a lot of something to be desired. There used to be a defense that were, was able to generate quite a few swipes. They've been doing anything but that this season as. St. Louis, in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, they are outside of the top 150 in college basketball, 173rd to be exact, giving up 10.1 points more per 100 possessions on the road rather than at home. It's a Davidson team that they've actually stepped up a little bit with their defense. They're more around 168th in this category, relatively equal home to road. But David Skogman, who comes in from Buffalo, has been able to give the team right around four rebounds per game. And you've got a St. Louis team that... Gotta love what Yuri Collins is able to bring to the table. Leads all of college basketball in terms of assists per game with a little bit over 10. And he's getting the ball really to Gibson, Jimerson, along Javon Pickett quite a bit. These two guys, they combine for about 24 and a half, 25 points per game. You've also got Javante Perkins who has come back from that torn ACL. He's been able to generate for the team about 12 points. Ian Gibson, Jimerson, both shoot between about 33 and a half and 35 and a half percent from three-point range. So, They've been okay, but they've been a little bit underachieving themselves. And I do think that Davidson on their home floor, they're going to get a little bit of a boost from that. I do like Davidson here outright on the money line. I did set this number with Davidson being a very small one and a half point favorite. So really a flip of favorites in terms of my number. And I did set my total at a 139 and a half. Both of these teams, very mid tempo with St. Louis in terms of possessions per game, right around 120th Davidson. They're a little bit slower at about 230th. And I do think that St. Louis, a team that 
is a little bit of a chameleon. If you play slow, they're willing to play slow. If you play fast, they're willing to play fast. They're going to be a little bit bogged down in this game. So I do like the under, and I do like Davidson outright on the money line. We've talked a lot about various conferences. I mentioned that we've got the Mac with 1A and the Mac with 2As. Let's take a look at the Mac with 2As now as we go 871, 872. This is going to be one of the early games on the Friday card. It is Manhattan. They hit the road to face off against Niagara. The Niagara Purple Eagles are a favorite of six points. Total is between 127 and 127.5. Have a Niagara team that they rank in the bottom five in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game out of 363 D1 teams. 359th. They go up against a Manhattan team that is one of the more rapid in terms of the Metro Atlantic. It's a Metro Atlantic that is very, very slow, by the way. They're 158th Manhattan is in terms of total possessions per game. But with Manhattan, I do think that because their defense leaves so much to be desired that you're going to get a little bit of a different result than time number one that these two teams played. First time around, it was a 63-59 to victory for Manhattan, a game in which they attempted 30 free throws in that game. That was really the lone form of scoring that we saw as both of these teams were pretty ice cold from the floor. I do think that things are going to be going a little bit northward. You've got Samir Seward and Nelson who have both been able to combine for about 31.5 points per game for this Manhattan squad. Both of these guys shoot in the high 30s from three-point range of Manhattan as a whole. They do shoot about 35.5% from three-point range. They also shoot about 66.5 to 67% at the free line. They do turn the ball over north of 14 times per game. A lot of self-inflicted wounds for this Van Atten squad. Meanwhile, you've got Aaron Gray along Sam Oreo down low for Niagara. They've been able to combine for 20.5 points. Both guys give you between 5.5 and, and 6.5 rebounds per game. And Oreo shoots 48% from three. But Niagara also has the top player out there on the floor. That'd be Noah Thomason. About 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists per game for Thomason. But big thing for him, Sable give you 18.5 points, shoots over 35% from three-point range. So he's been rock solid. And then from there, Niagara has a lot of hole is greater than the sum of its parts pieces for this team. And just because a team plays slow doesn't mean that they're necessarily too effective in terms of their defense. This is a Niagara team that among your 363 D1 teams, they're better than Manhattan, who's 266th in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But it's not like they're better by a significant amount, 214th of the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. Ironically enough, do I have a Manhattan team that has been allowing 4.1 points fewer per one earned possessions when they've been on the road rather than at home. I do think that that is a number that's built a little bit on sand, and I do think that is a number that is going to be seeing a bit of reversal moving forward. I did set Niagara as a favorite of eight points. I do think that this is going to be a situation where you do find Manhattan down six, eight or so points with a minute remaining, and then you get those late-game fouls, so I do think that that helps out both the Niagara spread and the total in this ordeal, so I'm going to be looking to go over, and I'm going to lay the six with Niagara as I did set my number with Niagara being an eight-point favorite, so I see a little bit of a differential there. Also out there in the Metro Atlantic, 877 to 878. Ryder hits the road to face off against Maris. Maris is finding themselves as an underdog of between one and a half and two points, and your total, it is 130 and a half. It's a number that opened up with Ryder being a two and a half point favorite. And one and a half is my buy point on Ryder. I did set Ryder as a two point favorite. And they are also going to have the best player on their own floor, much like a team I was backing just before in Niagara. 
that's Dwight Murray Jr. 16 and a half points, a little bit over five rebounds, three and a half assists, shoots it well from three-point range for a Ryder team that is collective. They shoot 31.6% from three-point range. They are now in the bottom one in terms of possessions per game. Maris is as well. And the way to knock off this Maris team is by doing it from beyond the three-point arc. Maris, a team that ranks in the top 35 in terms of opponents' two-point shooting percentage, bottom 35 in opponents' three-point shooting percentage. So with Ryder shooting about 31.5% from distance, there's going to be a lot of Dwight Murray Jr. in this game. And there's also going to be quite a bit on the flip side for Maris of Patrick Gardner. Able to average 18 and a half points per game. Only guy on the team that really gives you double figures. He's been on one recently, 13 plus points in seven out of the team's last nine games. But past that, you really don't have a lot. Flat. I do think that it's a total that is going to go under a pair of low tempo teams. But with Ryder, set them as a two point favorite. So, want to lay one and a half with them. And something else that we're doing, VSIN Pro Tips. VSIN.com slash subscribe. You get one every single hour here on the Greg Peterson Experience. And we were talking about this a little bit before with Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN. If you have trepidation and you don't know what you're going to get out of Patrick Mahomes in this game, and I don't know how you would know what we're going to be able to get out of Patrick Mahomes, maybe taking a look at how he and really the Cincinnati Bengals look in drive number one and looking at a live betting opportunity is a way to go for the AFC title game. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at the Metro Atlantic some more here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.